think about that. We, we decorate to our own personalities or something baby and fun. And I, I remember the pictures that I, I, I actually put those together not long before I talked because I was sitting kind of listening, okay, what messages do you want me to put forth here? And my example was a musician coming, someone that had been a musician through many lives and music was their life. And they came in their nursery was, I think it was a football nursery that I showed. It was all sports and everything. And, and you wonder why the baby's crying all the time. And then I said, well, how happy would they be if this was the world they came into when there were guitars hanging on the wall and, and records. And if we can either open ourselves up to it or meet with somebody that can do a reading for us when we're bringing a baby into the world. Just again, it's that I, the word, the term that keeps coming to my mind is lay out the welcome mat. It's so exciting. What's really exciting about it is, so my history in this life with knowing my dragon really only dates back a few years ago. But now that I'm writing the book and my journey and I'm channeling my dragons, messages i'm learning so much more about our history together which is really really exciting but you know I'm you got to accentuate the positive wow! i feel good a little bit of feel good goes a long way you're listening to karen swain teacher of deliberate creation accentuating the positive showing you a way to a better life accentuating the positive it's not just bad it's sanity who in their right mind would accentuate anything else hello and welcome to another show accentuating the positive with karen swain so wonderful to be with you again and please remember, if you're liking the shows, to like, subscribe, leave a comment, share, all that good stuff. And you can find more about the shows on my website. Well, I have the beautiful and divine and gorgeous Jill Stein Clarkson to introduce you to today. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's so exciting to be here with you. I met Jill on the Wisdom Conference that Geraldine Orozco put on and she did, I was listening to Jill's talk and I'm like, wow, this is fascinating. I want to delve more into this on the show. So I asked Jill to come on the show. So do you use both names, Stein Clarkson or just Stein? Pretty much Jill Stein. Jill yes. Stein. Okay. I am Jill Stein Clarkson on Facebook, um, but Jill Stein is usually how you're going to find me. Okay, cool. Made name, had it my whole life. So Stein is your maiden name or Clarkson? Stein. Stein. Okay. And Clarkson's your married name. Mm -hmm. Ah, beautiful. Well, let me tell you a little bit about Jill. Jill Stein is a prenatal medium who connects with souls who are preparing to come to earth. She connects them with their parents and grandparents and others who can help them with their transition into the earth's physical plane. Jill helps families understand their desires of the entering soul, things like life goals, personality attributes that will help them form a strong bond before their physical connection. She has also traveled to Africa, working with dragon energies to heal the land, which we'll go into and talk about as well, because we just did a little breath before we came on the camera and dragons were everywhere. So that was cool. And is a private pilot. Jill has a foundation that supports aspiring pilots and single parents with their education and life endeavors. She also works as a business coach with women rocking business, growing businesses for over 30 years. 
There's many facets to Jill, as you've heard, and we're going to find out about some of them today. But what I I loved about your uh, conversation at the Wisdom Conference, you were talking about speaking, you know, with your clients and speaking to the incoming soul, you know, of a baby, which I've done many times with clients. And it's not, I haven't discussed it a lot on the show. So I thought, ooh, this would be so great to talk about on the show. But let's, before we do that, let's hear about your awakening. Like, how did you know that you had these abilities? When did all that happen? Or have you always known? No, I'm not one of those people that's always known. Honestly, my awakening started after I lost my father, um, tragically, when I was almost 30. And I was really feeling like I wanted to be closer to death and I wanted to understand it more. And I became a hospice volunteer and I started reading. I actually read a book by a woman called Echo Bodine, who I now get on with Zooms with and do psychic practices with, but she had a book, Hands That Heal. And I read it and it just lit me up. And I started doing hands-on healing, a lot on animals, actually. I'm an animal, major animal lover. And it just grew from there. And I ended up reading more books and taking psychic development classes and grew and grew and grew. And the prenatal mediumship and the, the dragon work, they all kind of have their own stories of how they came into my world. But I'm honestly not one of those people that, you know, from a young age, spirits just came to. I'm one of those people that desires it and wants it and practices and asks for it and just growing every day. And it's so exciting and so much fun. Beautiful. Well, let's hear about how you started connecting with uh, incoming souls, like, because that's, that's a big bit of a thing with you. Like that seems to be a bit of a specialty because we speak a lot about on the show, connecting with outgoing souls. Actually, I just got an email this morning, a beautiful healer in Queensland. Her husband's been sick for a while. And I knew as soon as she sent out an email that he was going to transition, but like most people, She was like, please pray, please pray. We can get over this. We can conquer this. And I knew that he was on his way out. So we speak a lot about speaking about outgoing souls, but not incoming souls. So how did it start for you? Honestly, it started in another life when I was young and learning how to do this kind of work. And my life was cut short. I just found that out just a few years ago. But Now, what happened for me is as a hospice volunteer, I was considering being a death midwife because I was so comfortable in the hospice environment and finding that I was longing for that kind of work, helping people with their outgoing transition. And as I was training and learning and, and developing my skills, somebody mentioned prenatal work and my whole body just lit up. And so I explored more and I just knew immediately it was, it was a direction that I wanted to take. And so I started putting myself out there for that kind of work. And it's not as different. They're not, they're not very different things. And for me, I really would love to see the world put as much emphasis on supporting the incoming soul as the outgoing soul. Because as I was saying at the conference, leaving is the easy part. In all honesty, you're going to a beautiful place. You're going home. You're being received. Coming here, it's not so easy. All of a sudden, you're in a tiny body, and it can be quite tragic, and, and you can't be heard, and you your needs aren't always met because you can't communicate. You can't speak. You can't walk. 
<laughs> and you came from a place where you could do anything. You were completely unlimited. So I, I know. what a thing for us to start supporting that journey so that it's more magical coming in. And I know exactly. Cool. I know exactly what you mean when I hear people say, you know, they lose a loved one. I want to know if, if they're okay. You know, I want to go to a medium. I want to know if they're okay. I often think to myself the opposite way around when a soul kind of incarnates into the, the, their family. It's like, I want to know if you're okay. How's it feel being squashed into a baby body you can't talk? I always think, anyway, I shouldn't laugh about it. But yeah, it is a lot harder. Yeah, coming into this world than leaving this world. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So anyway, please go on. So yeah, so I I've just been passionate about it. I'm growing my practice every, you know, every month it grows and I'm doing more and more readings and really passionate about supporting all the different areas that I can with this kind of work. So not just parents that are a family that's pregnant, having a baby, but an adoptive family, because they don't necessarily get that fit. They don't get that physical connection, but if we can start helping them with that spiritual connection ahead of time, how, how wonderful that would that be? And other members of the family, and then also doing some healing work. I really, it's my goal to definitely do some healing work around miscarriages, stillbirths, abortions, you know, people that are having guilt and suffering and grief still helping them heal. Absolutely. I remember finding out years ago, I was so confused about all this stuff when I was a young girl, uh, when I was studying astrology, that the parental energy of your chart is not charting your birth parents. It's charting the ones that parent you, no matter who that is, whether it's a grandmother or an adopted parents or, you know, friends, like whoever parents you, that's what the chart is showing. And I remember thinking, huh, okay. So, yeah, we tend to think that only our natal parents, you know, people that birth us or create our, you know, the DNA connection is who our parents are, but it's, it's not. It can be anyone. And I love I love to hear you say that because both of my children I did not give birth to. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I, I am right there and and getting that and understanding that. And those are my kids 100 percent Yeah. Yeah. And we're choosing all that from our broader perspective, from that spiritual perspective anyway, aren't we? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So tell us some of the uh, stories uh, of connecting to souls. What are they asking for? Um, well, there's just so much to this conversation because, yeah, there are people that have had miscarriages and abortions. And do you get many people? I'm asking too many questions at once, but I've got a million okay, questions. I'm remembering as, them all. <laughs> uh, I will st- but I'll, I'll ask this and I'll go back to the first one. Do you get many people that come and say, can I connect to the soul of my aborted child or my miscarried? You know, because there's probably a lot of pain around that. But um, let's talk about people that are coming to you wanting to connect to the soul of the pregnancy what are the souls Mm -hmm. saying we'll get back to the aborted miscarried ones you know i've i've gotten so many different fun things it's sometimes it's about like what i what they're going to be doing in life you know this is this is what i'm going to do i've had um a um an incoming male soul tell me you know i'm going to make some huge strides in medical research and it's for something that we, the human race doesn't even know is a problem yet. And that was a couple of years before COVID. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Wow. But, 
Yeah. He would just be a little tiny still just a couple of years old, but just life, life goals. And, but then also just some really basic things. Like I really want my nursery to be organized or just things that help are going to help make them comfortable when they first get here. I love hearing about those kinds of things because that's when it's kind of difficult, difficult when they really can't communicate other than crying. And also I just had another thought for one that, Oh, I, one message that I'd love that I got was about that the labor was going to be very easy because this was not his first rodeo. Those were his exact words. This is not my first rodeo. The labor is going to be easy. Tell my mom not to worry, which was so wonderful because she was a first time mom. And just the power of suggestion right there alone to hear that it probably made her have a, a great labor. <laughs> okay. So, okay. So what he's saying is I don't need a difficult entry, but so there is some, so it sounds like having a difficult entry into the world, there's a benefit for that, for an incoming soul. That's what I'm I hearing. Think, you know what I've heard? I've definitely gotten the feeling and heard stories about the birth process and how, how important it can be towards the beginning of a life. But for this particular soul, he had come many, many times and didn't need any of that and just needed to come in and do the thing and be here. And he didn't that want is, his mom to worry. I think that's what it was mostly about. He didn't want his mom to worry. That's so funny. Cause my dad always said about my birth, cause I was the second child that um, phew, I just like, Bang! I was out and because in those days you know fathers weren't allowed in the room so they were going out for dinner and I think mum started going a water broke or something and then so he rushed it to the hospital and they were all dressed up ready to go out for dinner some shishi dinner or something and the doctor said look you go and enjoy your dinner she'll be ages yet you know and come back after dinner and by the time he drove from the hospital to the restaurant I was done I was done like there was a message at the restaurant you've got a daughter so, oh my goodness so I obviously don't remember that but I remember him telling me that story so that's really interesting that's really interesting yeah that's that's fascinating Jill what what else what else so much to talk about story stories you know going back to your question about when when they decide not to come mm -hmm. for some reason mm -hmm. and one of one of my first readings actually my mentor referred somebody to me when I was first starting out and it was kind of like my one of my first ones was one of my most difficult ones, but they were going to be terminating actually. And oh, what a precious reading it was because she was she was very, very sick, the baby, and they knew it. And that was why they were going to be terminating. And at the beginning of the conversation, she she was not really sure what she was going to do. And, but she did let her mom know that it was, even if she did not terminate, the pregnancy was not going to go full term. She couldn't stay. That body was just not sustainable. And she said, it's okay. At the beginning of the conversation, she said, you know, I'll find my way and I'll find somebody. But by the end of our conversation, she said, you know what, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait for her. I want to wait for her. And I want to wait for her to become pregnant again. I really want to stay and have her be my mom. So how, how exciting was that to feel like we could have one conversation and actually unite two people to the point where there's a new bond and yeah. that, that soul say, you know what, this is my mom. I'm going to yeah. wait for her. 
I had a I had a client many years ago who had come I can't remember so many years ago it's like over 20 years ago but she'd come because she'd had a miscarriage or I can't remember if she was pregnant the first time she came because she used to come regularly and um anyway I I chatted to the little soul uh little soul the soul it's not a little soul but the the body was little the baby soul uh the uh and the and he said you were like to the mother you were really unsure about yourself and being a mother and you had so much fear around it that you just you were really sick and worried yourself to death and so I just thought well let's just abort this body and I'll come back when you're ready that's what he said right and she said to me she looked at me I remember she going yeah I was terrified I thought can I do this will I get this right I was so unsure of my ability to be a mother she was terrified so she had this miscarriage and he saw he said I'll, be, I'll wait for you to figure it out and I'll be back. Anyway, she got pregnant again and she must have forgotten that conversation, I think. And just before she gave birth to this child, I had revealed that it was a boy and I figured she must have known that because the last baby was a boy and she didn't. She said, I thought this one was a girl. And I said, no, nope, this will be the same soul and he's coming as a boy like he wants the boy formed <laughs> and he's happy to come and and then he was born and he was a boy and he was this big burly boy. She came and, you know, showed me. I've never seen this biggest baby. It was like he was only a month or two old. He was massive. But it was such an interesting conversation. He was just waiting for her to be ready because she wasn't ready and so the baby body aborted. Have you ever had anything like that? You know, I read a story about that, that I'd love to share, but this is a point. I'm so glad you bring up this point because that's another thing that I really want to accomplish by bringing this kind of work to light is having expecting parents understand that the souls are around yeah, and what's happening is affecting them because, you know, a lot of people not everybody, but a lot of people won't fight in front of their kids, but they'll fight while they're, you know, they'll, right. they'll, there'll be stress and, and they don't understand that everything's being witnessed. Right. And there, so the story I'm thinking of is a soul that was a boy, a boy baby was coming. And this is from um, Cosmic Cradle. It's an amazing book. And they were fighting over circumcision to the point where, I mean, it was a very big deal, awful, awful fighting. They were even like so bad that they were thinking of breaking up and he decided to go and come back as a girl. (laughs) So there was a miscarriage. And then when he came, that soul came back, the next pregnancy was a baby girl. So it just wasn't a question. My parents are fighting about this. This is not okay. I'm going to make sure this doesn't happen. Wow. These are the parents I want. These are the two parents I want. They need to stay together. It's all part of the plan. And I'm going to make sure that that happens. So, and, and I just, and, and the chemistry and people just don't realize how much is affected after conception, what is going on that affects the comfort of the incoming soul and even the physical development of the fetus, um, Uh the emotions and, and the chemistry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, all that energy, all that emotions going into the, uh, uh, you know, the the spiritual DNA or the energetic DNA of the baby body. Absolutely. You can pick up your parents' fear and worries and trepidation, all that can pick up all that. Yeah. Even though the soul is not even in the body, it's still affecting the energetic structure of the physical form that the 
you're going to be wearing, right? And that's going to affect you. It absolutely is. Yeah. And I think souls, you know, they come in and out. They come in and yeah. out during pregnancy. Some of them come in and they want to stay in the whole time. Some of right. them are barely in at all. And then there's the, the medium between the two, but we don't always know. And I just, I want to encourage people to lay out the welcome mat and just make it as wonderful in both journeys on either end, coming in and going out. It should yeah. be a beautiful experience. Yeah, well, in truth, we're all coming in and out all the time because we're out when we're asleep. We're in now, right. we're out. Right. So we're all in and out all the time. But um, so this sort of miscarriage journey can be, there can be many reasons for it. There's obviously not one reason. There could be a reason that um, maybe, you know, I remember seeing something in Friends. Was it Friends? Where one of the girls thought she was pregnant, didn't know. And then her friend had shown her a pregnancy test and it said negative. And then she saw her emotional reaction, right? And she was really sad that she wasn't pregnant. And then the other friend said, ha, just kidding, it's positive. And she said, why did you do that to me? She said, I wanted to know your commitment to this incoming child. Like you think you don't want it, but when you thought you weren't pregnant, there was this like, oh, you know, so often that can be the case with a miscarriage too. Maybe there is like, I don't know if I want this. I'd like my client, don't know if I can handle it. And then when the baby miscarriages, there's a new commitment made like oh you know I really wanted to be a mother or a parent mm -hmm. or so there's many reasons for it on both sides right have you experienced that there is and I and I and I also would want women to not feel guilty because I'm sure there's a lot of that going on is right. I'm stressed I don't know if I really want this pregnancy I don't know if I'm ready for it and then if a miscarriage instills those thoughts of oh, now I'm sad. Now it's different. Now I'm grieving. Right. And they, they can have guilt and think that maybe they brought it on and they weren't welcoming right. enough. And everything just happens for a divine reason. And yeah. there's no reason for guilt. And they come back. They'll yeah. come back. And, and there's, there's even souls that, that were considering coming in and then a pregnancy never occurred. I actually have a one a personal story around that that was just amazing. I was meditating one day and a young man came to me and I, this was not long ago. This was about five or six years ago. And I said, well, who are you? Why are you here now? And he said, my current husband that I'm with, we've been together for about 10 years, but we knew each other in high school. And he said, if you had stayed together, I was going to be your son, but we didn't stay together. And he was ready. And so there was a, even a little grieving around that because I said, oh my gosh, did I have a commitment? What happened? He said, no, no, no. It was just one path that we could have taken together and we haven't. So it's okay, but I still wanted to be in your world. So I'm actually, he said, he's going to be my daughter's husband who she hasn't met yet. So it's just, wow. it was such an int intriguing interchange, but there's so much fluidity and it's not all set oh, in stone and absolutely. we make agreements, but then things change and things change free will. I, yeah. I had a, I had a client like that years ago too, in, in Byron Bay friend, she was an older lady. Well, she was older than me at the time. And, um, and I did a session with her and she had been grieving about some miscarriages that she'd had as I don't think she'd ever had children. I don't think she'd ever had children, but she was working as a nanny for this family and she was very close to this family and it came through from her soul that those children that she was looking after were the souls if you like of the children that 
were going to be her children. So she ended up parenting them and mothering them. Anyways. But, but anyway, isn't I that beautiful? It. I'll never forget that. And she was like, oh, my God, can this be true? But it was the information, I think, I think I took her into a guided meditation. I can't remember. I do so much stuff with people that came directly to her, you know, like, yeah. And I just thought, wow, isn't life amazing? It amazed me as much as her to get receive that information that because she had grieved for so many years, the loss of the children she never had. And there they were. There they were. So healing. And it probably made sense in her heart when you told, when you, when you said that it probably clicked and made sense. And I, my goal is not to do readings for people. My goal is for people to learn to connect themselves. I well, mean, that's right. That's what, yeah. that's what we want. That's and what you want. Mm-hmm. to open that line of communication and listen yeah. and, and listen to the young children and not just, yeah. not just pass off the amazing things that they're saying as imagination. And there's so much wisdom that can be gained from this kind of a connection, knowing that it's on a deep soul level. And even before they speak, you can gain so much from, from the incoming souls before they forget. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, And I've heard that every soul that's coming to the earth plane now is a fifth dimensional, like a higher consciousness, because we're shifting into a new experience they're coming to experience that and they're coming to experience the transition as well. I think you need to be a master soul to experience what we're going through on earth at the moment, right? I'm oh thinking gosh, you would think so. So many yeah. babies. I'm seeing babies everywhere, babies, babies, babies. And I'm thinking, you know, as a parent, having a child during this time is a brave decision. But gee, they're coming. You know, they're coming in droves. They're coming in droves. And uh yeah, it's a brave decision. But on the other hand, if we realize that the incoming souls are making that decision, right, exactly. And as scary as it is for us as humans to say, oh, my gosh, I'm going to bring a baby here. And this is so scary. They know what they're getting into. They might yeah. not remember a few years later, and it might be really hard, but they know the lessons they're meant to learn. And that's why they're coming now. Yeah. And they're also coming to help. So yeah. we need to be open to letting them come to do their part in yeah. the ascension of what's coming yeah, exactly. and all this new, this new age. And it's, it's so exciting to be witnessing it. It's like, it's so cool. I, um, yeah, I, I'm thinking about many of the young girls that I know that have had children. It's been an unplanned pregnancy. One friend said to me, she's got this delicious little girl who's just adorable. Of course, she never wanted children. And now all you see on Instagram is this little, every minute she's posting photographs, of this little girl, I love that. But she said that she had this boyfriend overseas. It was like, I'm, I want you to give me a baby. I want you to give me a baby. And she's like, I don't want to have babies. I don't want to have babies. Anyway, the story goes that she fell pregnant and the baby came. But as soon as she was pregnant, the man abandoned her. Oh. And, and that was sad for her. But I was saying to her, this baby was coming and you were going to be the mother no matter what. And maybe that guy, even though he didn't want to have the commitment of being a father, he was just tapped into that decision. Mm-hmm. And she was choosing his genes for whatever reason. And, uh, yeah, it was all perfect. Yeah, it was hard because, you know, being a single mom's not easy. He just ran away as soon as she got pregnant. He just like, nope, after insisting, give me a baby, give me a baby. So, yeah, they're coming. They come up whether you want them. Yeah, or not. I think there's 
even in the even in the young kids, even the kids that are kind of coming through high school now and the elementary school age kids, it, there's just a difference. They're, mm. they're different. They're kinder. They're I think they're more open to spirituality, and it's it's so neat. It's yeah, neat all the changes in the human race, and um, there was another thing I was going to mention. Oh. And when I, this kind of ties in, I know we're going to talk about this maybe in a little bit, but when I went to Africa, I went to the maternity ward at a hospital where we visited in the small town. And when we walked in, the women on the right all had, that were the ones that had had babies and the women on the left were the women that had lost their babies. Mm. And the people we were with were so mortified. Oh my gosh, they're in the same room. It must just be so heartbreaking for them. And that is not what I felt as I walked through that room. I, I walked along, I saw some of the babies and I was on the other side and I was making contact with the women whose babies didn't come. And there was just an understanding. It was not, it was not as much grieving as I think we experience, at least here in the United States. It's, you know, a miscarriage is such a thing, but it wasn't like that there. There was just an understanding. Wow. There wasn't the heaviness yeah. and the sadness and the confusion it just it's like they just they were okay they knew oh it makes me cry they were okay wow what about what about people that have aborted children have they come to you and said you know did I reject us all I'm worried you know do they come with guilt or I haven't done a lot of this work yet I'm just starting to open up to it but I have worked with worked with a few people and nobody that was too terribly traumatized more just did they come did they end up finding their way did they did they come and one of one that I had did as her grandson actually wow very very wonderful evolved soul just I got so much wonderful information from him and um so I think they you know they find a way it's it's okay it's not It's not this decision that it's, it's not that it's not, it's heavy for us to make that kind of a decision here. And, but there, there's such an understanding mm-hmm. when they're on the other side and they find a way mm-hmm. they need to come. They find a way. And if they need to be part of your world, they find a way. Yeah, absolutely. I know the heaviness and the guilt is the experience of the earth, the earth, the fear on earth. It's not the experience of an incoming soul you know who's working who's looking through all time and space and yeah it doesn't live inside time and space it's not like they're tapping their fingers waiting (laughs) there's no waiting (laughs) it's just there's just now there's just the eternal now it's hard for us humans to wrap our head around that but yeah so hard to comprehend yeah I know I know wow okay um anything else you'd like to say about what the babies are saying as they come in before we get to dragons I want to talk about dragons (laughs) I think there's there's so much appreciation for this work Mm -hmm. and not just it's not appreciation of me it's appreciation for all the people that have their the open-mindedness to doing this kind of work and taking this experience of being a human to this next level and we're just going to be so much more effective we're going to learn so much more we're going to make the changes we need to on the planet and 
there's just yeah. a lot of appreciation to listening. The, the, the big word, the big message I'm receiving just kind of right now in the moment is listen. If you listen, we'll, we'll communicate and talk to you and yes. give you the wisdom that you seek. Yeah. So beautiful. I remember uh, listening to you on Wisdom Conference and I think you were talking about an incoming soul talking about the way they wanted their bedroom to be because you know I mean it seems trivial like colors and stuff like that but it's all energy right and they wanted to surround themselves with an energy that would be more conducive to who they were coming to be and they were choosing yeah, I had I had a few pictures because we don't think about that we we decorate to our own personalities or something baby and fun and i i remember the pictures that i i, I actually put those together not long before i talked because i was sitting kind of listening okay what messages do you want me to put forth here and my example was a musician coming someone that had been a musician through many lives and music was their life and they came in their nursery was I think it was a football nursery that I showed it was all sports and everything and and you wonder why the baby's crying all the time and then I said well how happy would they be if this was the world they came into and there were guitars hanging on the wall and and records and if we can either open ourselves up to it or meet with somebody that can do a reading for us when we're bringing a baby into the world just Again, it's that I, the word, the term that keeps coming to my mind is lay out the welcome mat. Mm. I know you, I see you as an individual, the individual that you already are. I'm recognizing that you're not a blank slate. Like so, so much of humanity thought about babies for so long. They come, they're a blank slate. They don't have memories. And that's just not true. They have personalities and lots of memories. And there are so many wonderful ways to make them feel really welcome and loved unconditionally for who they are. Yeah. You know, as far as the blank slate goes, I think that as we're evolving as a human, the human consciousness, that veil of forgetfulness, as people say, the veil is getting thinner. So yeah, children are coming in with more conscious awareness of where they've been in other experiences, either in past lives, future lives, or other planets or other dimensions of experience. They're coming in with more, conscious connection and memory yeah and and they're they're more connected to their mission uh, words you know using words but um to what to their desire like what they want to do and achieve from being here in this experience and um i don't know maybe i just remember when i was young running a spiritual uh, group the conversation was constantly who am i what am i supposed to do <laughs> Who am I? And now the kids are like, I know exactly who I am and what I'm here to do. So it's a different, it's a different energy, isn't it, Jill? It really is. And I think they're just going to take more control. Yeah. Just they're not going to put up with, you know, being told you're not thinking clearly or right. being told that it's just your imagination. Or I think they're just not, they know what they're here to do and they're yeah. not going to put up with that. And the more parents can nurture their, who they really are, the happier and the more quickly we'll move forward. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. Bless their cotton socks. All right. Oh, <laughs> I love that. I've never heard that before. I am not going to forget that one. That is the cutest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Australians have so many silly sayings. Is that an Australian thing? 
goodness, I love it. I suspect. All right, let's talk dragons. So right. what, what took you to Africa? Why did you go there? It's so exciting. What's really exciting about it is, so my history in this life with knowing my dragon really only dates back a few years ago. But now that I'm writing the book and my journey and I'm channeling my dragon's messages, I'm learning so much more about our history together, which is really, really exciting. But, you know, I met him. I was at a dinner. I was at a little mini conference and I was out to dinner with one of the attendees and she started talking to me about dragons. And it was the first time I had ever heard anything about the fact that dragons were actually a real entity. And as I was walking back to the Airbnb, a little voice in my head just said, I'm Landon. And that was like, it was just flowed so much from there. I started talking to him, learning from him, getting sign after sign after sign that he existed and was here to, to work with me. And so I started reading about dragons and learning about dragons. And that's when I learned about healing the land and the work that the dragons are here to do with us. And I started, I was reading a book and there was an exercise in it where you could, they wanted you to print out a map of Africa and color it and do a whole ceremony around healing the land in Africa. And I, I had never even dreamed of going to Africa. I mean, I love animals and the safari sounds wonderful, but it was this way off maybe someday thing. And so I went through that ceremony in my kitchen and it was so powerful. And then not long after that, I was at a retreat and the woman that owned the company mentioned that they were going to Africa with an organization called Just Like My Child that works with young women. And I just knew I was going and it was such a crazy far-fetched thing, but I went up to one of the, I had, I didn't know the date. I didn't know the cost. I didn't know anything about the trip. And I walked up to ask somebody what it was all about. And I wanted to say, I'm thinking of going to Africa or I want more information about Africa. All that would come out of my mouth was I'm going to Africa. I, it was like, I was possessed. There was nothing else I could say other than I'm going to Africa. I went home that night, got in bed and told my husband, I'm going to Africa. He said, oh, of course you are. <laughs> but it was very clear to me within about an hour of finding out I was going uh, Landon was very clear we're going to work and heal the land and so the work I was able to do there with the thousands upon thousands of dragons that were there with me and then the story after story of the how powerful it was and how beautiful it was and it was just magic so how long ago was this that um what, what what's his name I went to Africa in December 2018 Okay, a couple of years ago. What's Two, his no, name? 19, two years ago. Two uh, years ago. What's your dragon's name? Land Landon. Landon. You know what's really funny is I knew of him and was working with him and talking to him for a couple of years. And I decided just for fun to Google Landon the Dragon. Uh -huh. And there's a book called Landon the Dragon. And the beanie baby from Thai, his name is actually Landon. But I knew none of this and he introduced himself to me. So I'm thinking you must be a pretty darn famous dragon to have all these things named after you here. But <laughs> and a great sense of humor. So uh, so you went in 2019 
Mm-hmm. And for people that don't understand dragon energy, let's let's explore dragon energy. What, what is dragon energy and how does it heal the land? What's going on? So from my perspective, one thing about the dragon energy that I find is it's the love is so incredibly powerful and unconditional. Like it's for me, maybe just because I'm more open to the dragon energies in all my work with my guides and my angels and ancestors the the dragons the love has brought me to tears more over and over and over again because it's just so beautiful and so powerful and anytime there's negative energy somewhere in the land and in in a place from anything from violence that happened there even from the filming of a violent movie you know anything that has happened it there there will be negative energy and the dragons are, they can work with that. They can, the fire dragons can burn up the energy and the air dragons can blow the energy and mix up the energy and all the different dragons can come in and help clear the energy. And then there's the ley lines, which I am no ley line expert. I just go on faith, but I know that's one of the things that we do when we do our work is work on healing those lines of energy that go throughout the planet. And clearing that negative energy and it it was powerful work in Africa because especially when we went on safari because of so many things that happen on a nature preserve the poaching and the murders and so so much to be worked with and then we also we had a lot of rioting not long ago and I was able to work with the dragons on working in the big cities where there had been a lot of rioting and it's just just clearing out that negative, heavy, awful energy and lightening it up and making it go away. Oh, darling one, I'm hearing you. I'm thinking about what's going on in Australia, how we could be evoking some dragon energy. Mind you, it's calmed down a bit now, but, you know, a couple of weeks, months ago, with all the riots and the police shooting rubber bullets and all that. I don't know if you've seen any of that on social media. Yeah, we could be doing some evoking some dragon energy. So how does one evoke dragon energy? Just needs to think about a dragon. There you go. Just need to think about a dragon. And, and, you know, the more interested you get in it, there's different types of dragons that can do different types of work. There's Mm -hmm. dragons that clear obstacles for us. There's dragons Mm -hmm. that, help with the flow there's protection dragons offer protection so if you, if someone was interested in learning about it there's different types of dragons that do different things and all one needs to do to have a dragon by their side is to think of a dragon there you are and there they are yeah so you can call on them like um oh my god i've got the um Chromecast on the television, right? And it's and it has the um, pictures that come up. And as you were talking about dragons before, there was this bridge in a like an Asian city that was like curved like this with these like it. And now there's this thing that looks like scales of dragon scales. Oh, it's so funny what's going on. It's like they're having this massive joke with me today. Like this, they are, and they're they're they love they're they love dancing and joyous music like the louder I play my music in my car the happier they are they love the joy and they're funny and they're just so relatable in fact when I met Landon I said to him you know I think you're red but I'd love some validation that 
you're red. I want to know that I'm getting the right picture. And I was on my way to pick up my daughter, my stepdaughter from her mother's house. And on the way home, she says to me, look at that license plate on the car in front of us. And the, the vanity plate on the car in front of us was chill, Jill. And it was a red Corvette. And so I said, okay, so you're red and you're totally badass, apparently, because you're a Corvette. And it's funny because he, he brings, I mean, I've had some amazing experiences where he just, he's oh, look over here, look over here. I had one day when I was driving and everything red was just so vivid. Like all the other colors just faded away. A guy with his shorts and the red lights and the red cars, everything that was red was just so vivid and all the other colors were so dim and he was just yeah. there and sending me all of his beautiful red love energy i mean they're just they're just wonderful and they can help us with animals uh -huh. the pink dragons so the pink dragons can help you sh tell an animal that you're harmless like the pink dragons can uh. help you relay harmlessness and i've used that we actually had a goose that was in our neighborhood in the cul-de-sac that was stranded, very unhappy and had been there for a whole day. And so I brought in the pink dragons to, to have her trust me. And I was able to get her water ended up being what she needed. Uh -huh. And she was able to get rehydrated and fly away and hopefully find her flock. But So you can evoke and call on the dragon energy just like you can the angel energy. It's, I'm feeling a real connection between the angels and the dragons. I feel like they're kind of one and the same in a way they're, they're just they're very connected and angels and there's certain archangels that are connected to certain dragons right you can yeah. learn about that that yeah. have their you know they have their own dragons that they work with and the energies are very similar but yes i actually have some rachel cooley we do a lot of talks together because she's an angel practitioner and uh -huh. they do they go they go hand in wing <laughs> hand right. in wing yeah hand in claw so jill do you think that dragons were a reality on earth as a physical being at one stage? Do you think I it was... absolutely 100% believe that. Yeah. I do. Do you think they'll return? Yes. Do you? I do, actually. I do. In fact, in some of the writing I was doing just this morning, Landon was telling me about the excitement in the dragon realm as the human race was evolving. Uh -huh. and becoming what they were to become on the planet. And there was a lot of excitement around that. Why do you think they left physically the planet? Ask. Because we had to learn to do it on our own. Right. Oh, the my message God. that I'm getting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. That hit me right in the guts, that one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting so much messages about that question. Uh, there's like a whole realm of beings that are saying we all left. We all left for various reasons, you know, like the fae and the, the leprechauns and all the mystical Very creatures. Easy. Yeah. We all um became invisible to the human experience for many reasons yeah yeah but if we can practice and vibrate and change our vibrational 
level. Right. I mean, same mm-hmm. thing with the aliens. There's so many people that can right. see aliens because they're vibrating at the right level to exactly. do that. And we can do the same. It just takes that desire and practice and, and just wanting, but that's definitely, it's interesting that you're getting the same message. They all had to leave. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they didn't leave energetically, but they left the physical experience and that we couldn't perceive them through our five senses, but they're here. They're just, we can't see them there are the through those senses we have to develop the yeah we have to raise our vibe so how did it change you going to africa and, and doing all that work you know what, you know what happened when you got back how was did your husband say who are you when you got back <laughs> no because i've always been my, this journey has been a process even before i went to africa so i would say honestly spiritually it didn't change me a lot it made me a little more calm about my journey um I, I got to meet the woman that had been training me in that other life. And it was neat because whole entire freaking trip, nothing. I thought maybe I'll get to meet her. Maybe I won't went through the whole entire trip. I thought, well, I guess it just wasn't meant to be. And on our last day, we stopped at a hospital and up walks this nun. And I just, I had told my friend that I was there with about, I said, that's her. And it didn't feel anything like I expected it to feel. There wasn't any anxiety. There wasn't, it was just so calm, so calm to be with her. And I said just a few words to her because we were all there meeting her. She's the administrator of the hospital. And then we were standing outside the maternity ward. I didn't know if it was okay to go in. I wanted to go in. And she walked right up to me and said, you need to go in. And so I got to go in and do the tour that I was telling you about and meeting of all the women. And then we were on the bus getting ready to go. And I said, oh, I want to go say goodbye to Sister Angela. And even though she'd said just a few words to me, when I walked up to her, I said, I just wanted to say goodbye. And I hugged her and she held my hand and looked me in the eyes and said, we will meet again. So I know she felt it too. I don't know to what extent. I don't know what she knew, but she knew that we would meet again. Yeah, it's amazing. So I came back just calmer about my work and my experience because they're going, there was, there was confusion around, why do you need me? Right. Why can't you all just go to Africa and heal the land on your own? Right. And I had a specific experience at a school. It was pouring rain and I was standing, looking out on this soccer field in the pouring rain. And I was calling in the dragons. And I was asking that question, why do you need me? And they all just gathered and they actually all bowed. And it wasn't a, it wasn't a, you're the, you're the, you are the dragon master, but it was a, you are just as big a part of this work as we are. Uh-huh. And I can't explain it, but I, I knew it in that moment. They, they made me understand. And it was so beautiful. So just a lot, a lot more confidence and. Okay, so they're they're asking, uh, they're answering that question. Um, why do you need me? Because they vibrate at a higher level, a level that our physical senses can't perceive. In order to affect the vibratory rate of the denser energy, they need someone that vibrates at that energy level, a human. 
you know, someone, and they're bowing because you're helping them do their work. Without you, they can't do it. Without the physical, I won't say you personally, but without us, the, the fleshy in the flesh suit that are vibrating at this physical density. Yeah, because this is the density that they're affecting as yeah. we shift. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. So they're bowing because you're like, you're, you know, you're helping us. You're answering the call. You're helping us do you. this work. Yeah. That's what it felt like a thank you. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. that. Even thank you. Yeah. Even more clear. It even makes it clearer. Yeah. So that's with anyone that's doing, you know, spiritual work like ley line work and activations and all of us here doing that sort of global work. So how does the dragons dovetail with the work that you're doing with the prenatal, like having being a prenatal medium, how's that dovetailing? Is there a dovetail there? You know, there's really not. I mean, <laughs> I haven't, I haven't found a connection and, you know, I always have my dragons with me. I always have Landon with me, but honestly, no, I don't feel the connection yet. It's such an interesting question. Um, I'm wondering if you're getting anything around that because. Well, I'm kind of asking, I'm listening while well, I'm listening, uh, but I'm listening to you at the same time. There is a connection. Definitely. There is a connection. Uh-huh. Okay. Here's what's happening. Here's what's coming through. Right. Right. Many of the children coming in are coming in specifically to clean up those denser energies and that's what they're doing. So that energy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I don't know. I'm getting a lot of clarity on it. So, you know, you communicating with the parents that is helping the incoming soul that is, that's kind of bringing that same frequency that is like that dragon frequency that will shift global energies because the children coming in are much more globally focused. They're not coming in because I want to be a rock star and be famous and make money and be successful and experience the earth plane for my personal um, journey they're coming in 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 service to the in service to the shift the global journey so yeah there is a huge connection there yeah and i just don't you feel like that's just the direction we're heading right. all these new incoming souls is the global energy and the we're all one mindset it's going to be so it's going to be so much clearer we as me as Jill won't be here for it, but I'm just so excited that I know in the future it's going to be so much clearer. Yeah, that we are all one. You know, I had an interesting morning yesterday morning, sort of stomping around the house, chatting with the mob, and in my head, you know, in my mental capacity, and then talking to them, and sort of in a bit of a frustration energy. And uh, and what I got was we are at this precipice point. In, in our human evolution where what is happening on earth, and I won't go into details because we all know what's happening, is asking us to make choices based on what's good for the collective versed versus what's easiest for me. Mm-hmm. And that's a difficult choice because what's easiest for you means, you know, you keep what you have and you can do the things you've always wanted to do. That's the easier choice. But then the greater choice is that good for the 
collective. So there's this real energy now where we're being asked to think outside our little box, you know, and to think more globally. And, and uh, yeah, yeah. So that's like, we're so as humans in with an ego, we're so used to being feeling separate and thinking about, you know, me and my life and what's good for me and what's easiest for me and forget everybody else. <laughs> forget yeah, everybody yeah. else. I do writings with one of my guardian angels, free writing. And he made it very clear that the children that are coming are going to be incredibly a part of this shift and that they're going to start communicating telepathically. And yeah, they're when you're doing that, it's harder to pretend that we're not all one collective. Yeah. Well, that's been happening. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Indigo. That Stephen Simon, I had him on the show, beautiful producer, and uh, Neil Donald Walsh made about the indigo children who are all on the um, telepathic uh, web. They're all talking to each other telepathically across the world, you know, and the, yeah, the internet exists on this telepathic level. And, and uh, so that was made over 20 years ago, but that's becoming more and more just greater because there was a few of them then and there's a lot more now and um yeah it's a fascinating little movie it's about this little girl have you ever seen it no i'm gonna definitely check it out and neil donald walsh actually acts in it so you know who neil donald walsh is the no. the creator of the conversation with god books oh, okay yeah so he he acts in it and um he does a quite he does quite a good job he plays the little girl's grandfather who's this really grumpy sad person and this little girl is just really i know it's really fun really tapped into the telepathic web and and speaking to all her friends and drawing them and stuff and that she's just considered to have a, a good imagination and um all the and she knows what's going to happen before it happens and yeah it's a cute little movie i love it indigo but yeah that so there's more of that happening yeah with the kids coming in it was wonderful mm. all right where are we um piloting so you're also a pilot when did that start when did you start flying planes what's the plane started with when i reconnected with my husband we knew each other in high school like i said and we reconnected and he's a professional pilot oh there you go we had a small airplane in our life and i was immediately hooked i oh, said yeah. well we're going to be driving the flying the kids around in these airplanes i would like to learn how to find an airport and land the plane in case anything ever happens to you I took one lesson and that was it. I said, oh, no, no, I'm getting my my pilot's license. Right. And soloing in an airplane, I just, ugh, it's such a beautiful, fun experience just being up there. It is, isn't it? With the dragons. And yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. We we have had a couple of airplanes. We don't have an airplane right now after the move. It's the wildest story, one of the wildest stories you'd ever hear. I won't go into it because it's not really the subject of your of your podcast doesn't but, matter um, doesn't matter tell us anyway so we we had a smaller airplane and then we we traded up to a larger airplane a six-seater and we had started talking we found out we were moving to texas and we just said one night you know maybe it's time to let our partners buy us out of the airplane let's start having having that conversation even though it was going to be hard to let it go how do you have one set of partners in California and one set of partners in Texas. The next day, a man strung out on drugs, crashed through the fence of the airport, raced in his car down the runway, 
over to where our airplane was parked in a hangar. He crashed into an airplane 50 feet in front of our hangar and drove that airplane into our hangar, totaling the airplane he hit, our airplane, and the airplane in the hangar behind us. Oh, my God. The craziest thing. Nobody was hurt. And as we stood there that night looking at this, these mangled airplanes, we, I just said, well, if you're going to see your airplane all smashed, it's on the ground is the best place to see that having oh, yeah. happen. Absolutely. Because yeah. so many things can happen. And I just really felt like maybe one of those three airplanes, they were older airplanes, might have had something wrong with it. Right. And the man that did that could have saved lives. Right. There you go. And what a, what a soul agreement. Uh -huh. I mean, I've been doing a lot of work around that because my father was killed by a drunk driver. Oh. And when I was able to make that journey from, he did this to us to, he did this he for did him this for us. Mm -hmm. I mean, what a thing to sacrifice your own life to help another soul make their transition out of their life. Such a whole nother conversation, but you know, this man, whatever, who knows what the agreement was. It was such a fluke freak accident that yeah. the thing happened. So the drunk driver that smashed all the airplanes, did he die? Did he? He did not. He did not. So he went to he jail. His, his car was in the middle of all these mangled airplanes, mm -hmm. completely smashed, but in the, what we would call the cockpit of the car where he was sitting was completely intact. Wow. He walked out of it. Wow. What, did they put him in jail? Like what happened to him? For a couple of days. I don't right. Know. Okay. We didn't, we didn't, you know, our partners talked about finding out and if somebody needed to be sued, but that's yeah. just not us. It, uh -huh. it, it, whatever happened, happened. And the insurance gave us a right. check and As... we came to Texas and bought our house. I mean, exactly. it, just, it was all in divine timing and nobody was hurt. Exactly. Exactly. My daughter's little house was burnt down during the Australian fires, what, year or two ago, two years ago? When was it? And um, although it was tragic and she lost stuff, she had never, ever had any money. She was always asking me for money. And, and the government gave her a, a bit of a payout. And her dad also started a GoFundMe campaign and all these people. So for the first time in her life, she spent it all now. But for the first time in her life, she had a bit of money in the bank and, and, and freedom. And mm. she's always crying out for freedom and like, I want to travel, but I haven't got any money. And, and so all her dreams came true, but it did take burning down her well, it burnt down a whole lot of places, but yeah, it was her being caught up in the tragedy of the fires. But in hindsight, there, it wasn't really a tragedy. So it was kind of an answer to a prayer. So it was really interesting, right? How this and that happens to so many people. They ask the universe for what they want. Mm -hmm. uh, this is what I want. They put in their order, but the path to get there, they don't always understand. This right. could be the path to this get you what you want and you will see and it. You have to have faith and you have to have healthy detachment around how it happens mm -hmm. and what happens. And it's, it's the path to happiness. It's the human journey. It's the ride of life. It's the ride. It's why we come. It's such a incredible ride, you know, from the perspective, I often chat to the, mob over there the people from the perspective of spirit as they watch what we go through on earth 
and we're all suffering over what we go through. They're going, wow, that looks like so much fun. I want some of that. <laughs> like, wow, I really want to know what that experience is like. Yeah, so it's a very different perspective. Yeah. All the things we get to experience with a body. I know. Get to. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, oh, darling one, it's been such an amazing ride with you today. Uh, where are we, where are we going to go with this? I think we'll probably leave it there. So the work that you're doing is working as a prenatal medium, apart from talking to dragons and flying planes. <laughs> you could do that all at once. Fly I'm a plane. A book called Dragons in Uganda. Oh, great. Piece of what I'm doing right now. And I do do dragon workshops occasionally. I'm just kind of starting to grow following there so that when the book comes, people will be ready for it. And, but yeah, loving my prenatal medium work and just opening up to it and doing as many readings as I can. And what were you doing? I was going to ask you where you were in Africa. So you were in Uganda, which is actually fraught with, there's a lot of places fraught with negative energy. My daughter went to Uganda a few years back and got into trouble there. It's, it's a pretty messy place. So, yeah, it needs a lot of cleaning up energetically. Yeah, the, the organization that I went with, just it's called Just Like My Child and just mm-hmm. wonderful. They, they have the girls in classes and they learn how to fight against violence, all kinds of different violence. Wow. And they're making a difference. They're, and now they're in India too. Just, just Like started. My Child, is it? Is that an English company? She is. She is, I believe she's from San Diego and um, started her work in Africa and they have a big operation in Uganda and now they have a second woman running an organization part of the organization in India now so they're working to fight against the child brides and things like that oh wow yeah Yeah. because my daughter was with a Uganda a company that she was teaching in school over there it was an English, a UK company, I should say. It was a, so it was a different company. I can't remember what company. Yeah. Um, and what were you doing before all this stuff happened? What, what was your work before? Because you said that. I was in events. So I was a oh, disc nice. jockey in weddings. And then I was a corporate event planner and I put on big corporate events and um, was a wedding planner. And then I was a bridal show producer. Wow. When I first started coaching, I'm a business coach now, like you mentioned earlier, that's my part-time work. And when I first started, I was mostly coaching people in the wedding and event industry, wrote a book. And, um, but now I'm just taking a complete turn because I know which direction I'm supposed to be headed. Dragons, babies, flying. (laughs) It's all about the dragons and babies now. And you've made the, (laughs) you've made the connection between them so eloquently stated now that it all just makes perfect sense yeah oh well blessings on your work thank you so much for all that you do and thank you so much for being on the show and your website for people that want to find you is you know what our website is under construction right now it's normally higherhealing.com so okay honestly the best way to reach out to me would probably be through instagram it's very easy it's jill l stein So there's an extra L in there for my middle name is my Instagram handle. I also have a Facebook group, Dragon Connection. Oh, Dragon Connection. Dragon part that excites you. Yeah. There and um, poke around on the web. You'll find me. Um, 
Okay, so so under Jill Stein, not Jill Stein Clarkson. Jill Stein is probably Jill the Stein best. Jill Stein Clarkson is my my main name on Facebook. So if anybody wants to reach out to me, okay. I am there. That's my private page, but I'll, I'm open to meeting anybody that's interested in all of these wonderful things. And, Beautiful. Yeah, would love to connect. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. This has been a joy. Another amazing conversation with the gorgeous Jill Stein Clarkson or Jill Stein. Oh, God, we just had like another 40-minute conversation after I turned off the recording. And I said to her so many times, well, I wish I had the recording still going. She was talking about her husband. I was quizzing her about him. I guess that when I ask more personal questions, I usually do it after I turn off the recording. Uh, But she was saying how on board he is with all her you know, newly found awakening abilities. And he's really into it, even though he's a businessman, he's really into it. And we were talking more about Africa and her meeting a lion in Africa and her communicating with the lion telepathically and feeling what the lion feels. And yeah, it was just amazing. <laughs> Should have had the recording still going, but she's lovely. I'll get Jill back on the show. She's, um, she's doing great things. I asked her a few questions that she couldn't answer she's writing the book with Landon, the, the, the dragon. So I said, well, ask, you know, ask Landon and put that in the book. So, the, yeah, so the conversation will continue. Um, yeah, I was just quizzing her about dragons a bit, bit more in depth. And she's like, oh, I haven't asked that question. I'll ask him that and he can share some more information about that. But, um, yeah, it'd be a fascinating book, Land, uh, Landon, the dragon. I was saying to her before we turn the recording on, talk about synchronicity. She was seeing the images that were coming up on my television as she was talking about dragons, so pertinent. But in my tribe on the Inner Sanctum, we have a, a chat group on Messenger. Someone had posted a, a um, picture of a, a cloud in the sky that looked like a dragon said, look at the dragon in the sky. And, uh, and then somebody had made a reference to the Game of Thrones thing, like don't say, don't call out draconan or some word. Anyway, and I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And then they were posting YouTubes about the dragons in Game of Thrones because I haven't watched the Game of Thrones series. Uh, I attempted to watch the first one and I just couldn't get into it everyone's talking about it everyone in the world's watched it and I'm like what is this thing that people are watching but maybe I should try again so anyway and there was this YouTube thing of all these dragons and so dragons were all in my consciousness last night (laughs) not even connecting that I'd be talking to Jill and we'd be talking about dragons this morning and uh yeah the synchronistic the synchronistic nature was just amazing because we were all talking about dragons yesterday and then we are talking about dragons again today I'm going to call on the dragons and work with their energy when I see density and stuff that needs cleaning up. Why don't you do that too? Like call on the dragon energy as you, um, they're saying it's more about collective energy than it is about personal energy, but it's that energy that's left behind when there's been conflict, any sort of conflict. Um, I'm just getting this vision of a dragon, like the dragon I saw in the YouTube video yesterday you know, with the fire and burning everything and just burning away the old so that new growth, like Mother Nature spoke to me after the um, after the Australian bushfires. She said, I love my fires. I love my fires. She said, if you could love, 
if only you humans could love the fires in your life as much as I love my fires. And I said to her, why do you love the fires? And she said, it burns away all the old debris to give room for new growth. And then she showed me this image of all the trees sprouting and all the new growth after the fire. And I just, as I drove through the Australian bush, a few months after the fires, it was unbelievable the new growth and the oh, in the dark ashes all these bright green and the trees that were black all the way up and burnt all their tree they had little green shoots all the way up like all the way up their trunk just like exploding with new growth it was amazing and I thought to myself wow yeah you know learn to love the fires in your life Learn to love the fires like Mother Gaia loves her fires. So, yeah, the dragons have that sort of fiery energy, don't they? Mind you, as Jill was saying, you can have the water dragons and the air dragons and the fire dragons. They work with the elementals, don't they? They work with the elemental energies. So, yeah, call on the dragons when you feel like you want to clean up some collective dense energy where there's been a lot of hatred and war and stuff clear away the old debris to make room for new growth i love that conversation with jill isn't she fabulous yeah as i said i met her through the wisdom conference i did with um lots of other amazing teachers uh, i did think to myself i would reach out to a few more of them but jill is the only one i've reached out to so far i'm booked out until march next year now for the show there's so many people to talk to Yes, but I'm not going to say too much more. We can't have some breakfast. I haven't had breakfast yet. But let me know what you thought and how you would let me know what you think about the dragon energy or do you speak to souls, incoming souls? I've spoken to quite a few. I remember my little nephew who was born on the day, September 11, on that day, 20-odd years ago uh, when the towers came down. He was born during all that fiasco. He came to me. His soul came to me, his spirit soul. Uh, before he was born showed himself to me showed what he looked like he'd actually come to me in dreams too I'd seen him in dreams but I thought he was a girl because he was so pretty he was this pretty little blue-eyed baby he looked like a cherub and then when he came to me one night I was sitting up in bed uh, awake conscious and I'm like oh you're not a girl at all you're a boy because I told my sister-in-law you're having a girl I was completely wrong I said you're a boy and he goes yeah I said but you're so pretty Anyway, I rang her straight away the next morning and I said, oh, I spoke to him. He's a boy. He's a boy. And she was a bit like ah, crazy sister-in-law, <laughs> crazy sister-in-law. But he had a message for her and he said they were wanting to move. They were buying a house and they were looking. They couldn't afford a house. They wanted an apartment. And he said, please buy something where I can have some land. Like, I don't want to be up and high. I want to be on the land. And um she wanted to ignore that and she said we can't afford a house that's not going to happen she wanted to ignore that message if the crazy sister-in-law said i'm talking to the incoming soul but they actually did do it they bought a little house uh, that had a little bit of land so yeah they did do what he asked them to do and years later as i say he's 20 now years later when i told her about that she has no memory of me saying that and relaying that message anyway He's spectacular. I love him. He's a total rebel. He's one of the new kids. He's 20. He's an artist. He's incredible. I told him that he's an alien from outer space. It's here to uplift the world. He thinks that's hilarious. He thinks I'm mad too, but he listens to me and he's so loving and beautiful. But I knew when he came in on that day that he was here to affect change in a big way. 
He doesn't think so yet, but he's one of those new children. Beautiful soul. All right, I'm going to go. Love you all big time. <laughs> Come join our little tribe, our inner sanctum tribe, where we talk about all this stuff and explore all different avenues of consciousness and energy and being deliberate in creating our reality, our reality here on earth, as we can interact with each other here on earth in this physical world and our reality on in other dimensions. We can interact and play with energies in other dimensions, ET energies, dragon energies, angelic energies, souls, spirits, dead relatives, incoming souls. It's all available. It's all available to all of us. So come and play with us. And remember to check out the book Awakened by Death if you haven't already. Love you big time. Bye for now. Bye.